This is Retirement Paradise with Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Greg provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is Greg Gunther to help you retire in paradise. Aloha and welcome back to Retirement Paradise. This is Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. If you'd like for more information about what you hear during our show today, please give us a call at 791-2924 or visit us online at therogroup.org. Now regular listeners of our show know that we talk a lot about retirement. In fact, I'd venture to guess that if you went through our show archive, you'd find that retirement is mentioned probably more than any other subject. And why is that? Well, it comes to personal finances, getting ready for retirement, crosses generations and income brackets. And no matter where you live, whether it's here where I'm sitting on Oahu or a world away, chances are retirement is something you think about often. Now, I don't mean simply to imply that you only think about it when you're having a terrible day at work. You know, one of those days that starts off with spilling coffee on your lap and three (laughs) angry emails and and a frozen computer. Who doesn't think about retiring on a day like that? Yeah. Uh, But beyond those occasional bad days, it's natural to let your mind fill with images of leisurely weekday breakfast, last minute trips, and really just doing whatever you want whenever you want to do it. So with all that in mind, I thought it'd be a wise idea today to spend our time digging through some specific retirement savings tools. Uh, such as 401ks, IRAs, and other options. Uh, Before we go into that, uh, let me introduce my co-host with us as always, Mr. Tony Shore. Tony, how are you today? Well, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, Greg, and thanks for having me on the show. It's been a good week, although a busy one. I've been been really, really busy uh, trying to get things done. How about you? What's going on over there? Oh, man. Well, I've uh, also had a busy week. I did my first uh, online webinar, uh, joining the, the new age of the webinars. Um, and that was, uh, it went surprisingly smooth. You know, nothing um, to post on YouTube about comedies uh, <laughs> going going wrong, you know, with the webinars. But it was pretty smooth. Technology was good. Um, it's just kind of strange trying to interact with an audience that you can't see or hear. That, that's got to be tough, honestly. I mean, it's a little like radio. You know, and we've been doing that and podcasting, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, that is weird interacting with people, uh, that aren't there. It's so much easier when you're, when you're in person, but I'm glad to hear it went well. No technical difficulties. No, 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 no. That was, uh, the only thing I was really worried about, you know, with, when we do the radio, we know that we're, we have an audience, um, it makes it easier, but when I'm doing these workshops, part of that, you know, what I really like is that human interaction, you know, yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, I definitely missed that, but sure. I'm glad we were able to to do it. Sure, and no no pets or children uh, interrupting. Uh, no, because those are always right? the funny videos, right? Where yeah. you guys trying to do a webinar and <laughs> <laughs> the pet comes into the frame or the infant uh, crawls in. So, uh, yeah, but you know what? You're right. When we when you mentioned we talk a lot about retirement on the show, we do. But why wouldn't we? I mean, a financial strategy is really designed to make those working years a little easier in terms of emphasizing savings and insurance 
and developing income streams that you can use in retirement. So the bottom line is, I think retirement for most people is the crown jewel of the financial strategy. But that said, I like the idea of spending some time today talking about specific savings tools for retirement. So what do you have for us first? Well, I chose today's topic um, thanks to a little inspiration from a Forbes article that I recently read. And this one was titled Best Retirement Plans for You. And the article does a really good job of you know, neatly describing several different retirement savings tools. And it starts off with a look at individual retirement savings tools because, as it notes, many Americans don't have access to employer-sponsored retirement tools for a variety of different reasons. So the first tool we're going to discuss is your traditional IRA, uh, which is something that I'm sure many of our listeners have at least a passable understanding of. Right. And I think traditional IRAs are pretty common. And in terms of who's eligible for one, it's pretty wide open, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, the easiest way to look at it is that if you're earning taxable income, you can open up your own individual uh, retirement account. If you're one of those folks who doesn't have retirement options through your employer, the contributions that you make to your traditional IRA are often tax deductible. So the money that you filter into your traditional IRA can be invested in your choice of a variety of different assets, such as mutual funds, uh, exchange-traded funds, which are commonly referred to as ETFs, um, stock portfolios, CDs even, you name it. Uh, The money you make on the earnings is tax-deferred, and then when you begin your withdrawals, you have to wait till age 59 and a half. Uh, Those distributions are simply taxed as regular income. Wow. Okay. Uh, there, There are contribution limits with traditional IRAs, though, aren't there? Um, well, yes, there are, um, the people that it varies on year to year. So the maximum you can contribute is $6,000. That's this year, 2020, unless you're a little older, uh, if you're 50 years and up, the IRS allows a catch up provision. Uh, So you can actually contribute up to $7,000 this year. Um, the next piece that just kind of flows right into is the Roth IRA. So if your annual income is below a certain threshold, a Roth IRA may be something that you want to give some serious thought to. The money that you put into the Roth isn't immediately tax deductible, but the great news is you don't have to pay any taxes on your withdrawal after you're retired. It it grows completely tax-free. So additionally, if you find yourself in a financial bind, you may be able to take money out of that, the, the Roth that you put into, without getting slapped with penalties or taxes. So you can also view a Roth as a potential emergency fund as well. Wow. And that sounds good. Now, you mentioned Roth IRAs have an income threshold. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I'm glad you asked me that, Tony, um, because I've had actually a lot of clients that want to contribute to Roths, but then they feel like they make too much money. Um, So I kind of want to dive into this one a little bit. The IRS says the amount that you earmark for a Roth is dependent on your income. And you can only set up a Roth if you make less than 139000 a year if you're filing single or 206000 if you're filing jointly. However, there is a loophole. Um, this is an advanced tactic, but there, and, and it, hopefully our listeners can follow us on this one. Um, there's no income limit on traditional IRA contributions, only the amount that's actually tax deductible. And there also isn't an income limit on Roth conversions. So you can actually contribute to a traditional Roth, a traditional IRA at any income level 
and then convert it to Roth. And this is what's known as the backdoor uh, Roth conversion. Now, in wow. my opinion, Roth IRAs may be a great resource, um, but I definitely recommend working with a financial services professional and consulting your CPA before making any final decisions because these rules and nuances can be a little bit tricky. Yeah, definitely. Always a good idea to work with a financial professional like yourself. Now, uh, it's been a great show so far. Let's take a moment to let the listeners know how they can get a hold of you, Greg, and that special offer you have. Yeah, good time for that. Um, touched on that backdoor Roth, uh, if that appeals to you. Uh, give give me a call. Call my office at 791-2924, and we can discuss it in a little bit more detail. I've also got some great information and links on the website at therogroup.org. All right. That sounds good. Now, during the show today, we're talking about various retirement savings tools and something that it could fit the overall financial strategy. I think it's been an interesting one so far. What do you have next for us? Well, the next tool the Forbes article mentioned was spousal IRAs. Um, and a spousal IRA is a strategy that married couples can implement to increase their retirement funds using the traditional IRA or Roth IRA. And simply put, if one spouse doesn't work or earns significantly less than the other spouse, a spousal IRA may help you save more money for retirement. So for the spouse who isn't working or earns a lot less money, they can actually open up their own IRA and then the other spouse can contribute to it based on household income. So remember, you're otherwise limited to contributing how much you can contribute, but not your household. So you can actually have two IRAs um, in the household. So the option to open another IRA and then contribute to the yearly maximum uh, may allow some married couples to essentially double their IRA savings. So a spousal IRA sounds fairly straightforward, but it might be another area where sitting down with a seasoned financial pro to discuss all the pros and cons makes a lot of sense. What's the next retirement savings tool? Well, the last savings tool that the article mentions uh, when it comes to retirement is fixed annuities. Um, at its most basic level, an annuity is simply a contract with an insurance company that may ultimately supplement your retirement savings. Now, I know there are many different annuities out there, and uh, Forbes urges you to think strongly um, about fixed annuities because they are pretty easy for us to understand and compare against other types of annuities, like the indexed annuity or the variable annuities. And in some cases, the fixed annuity, they have consistently mappable benefits, and they also have a reliable tax-deferred growth. Um, additionally, in some instances, Death benefits may also be paid out to your beneficiaries um, without any probate. Um, and while these annuities do have a lot of benefits, they I should note that uh, they do come with some risks. Uh, Investopedia gives the example that if you need to get out of your contract early, there's generally significant surrender charges, which means you might get back less than what you put in. And they're considered somewhat illiquid vehicles. Um, but finally, unlike other savings tools, annuities don't have... Um, any contribution caps like the IRS does on, on the IRA or even your 401k, which means you can invest as much as you want. Um, and you and your financial services professional can figure out a budget that you're comfortable with without having any of those caps. Yeah. And that sounds really good to me. I mean, you just mentioned that fixed annuities were the last individual retirement tool uh, that uh, you wanted to talk about there. So I take it that means it's time to start talking about employer-sponsored retirement options. 
Ah, you got your Sherlock Holmes hat on today, <laughs> don't you, Tony? Sure. <laughs> yeah. As the article notes, uh, one of the biggest benefits that comes with your traditional nine to five job is access to employer sponsored retirement savings tools. So the first option the article highlights is the traditional 401k. Now, most of you are probably pretty familiar with what makes this option tick. But for those who aren't, the traditional 401k it provides the opportunity to contribute retirement savings with pre-tax dollars. That means your pot of money grows tax deferred. You don't pay any taxes on your earnings until you retire and begin taking those withdrawals. So many employers, um, also they incentivize the participation in your 401k by matching contributions up to a certain percentage of your salary. So as the article explains, uh, in 2020, this year, the contribution max for your traditional 401k is $19,500. You should also note that if you're older than 50, just like your traditional IRA, there's a catch-up provision. You can contribute an additional $6,500. And then whatever your employer matches, uh, debt doesn't count in regard to this limit. So that's a pretty, uh, pretty good chunk of change there. Well, yeah. I mean, if you have an employer that matches your 401k contribution, you've got to factor that in and take advantage of it because it's essentially free money, right? Exactly. Yes. Um, if people who aren't uh, taking advantage of that need to be doing that. It's the golden rule. At least contribute what your employer will match. Sure. Um, the next thing that the employer might offer too that you might have seen is the Roth 401k. And with this tool, the money you contribute uses after-tax dollars, which means it's a little different than the traditional 401k. So your eventual withdrawals aren't taxed as income because you already paid your taxes on the front end. So the Roth 401ks come with the same limits. Uh, if your company offers a match, you can choose to go the Roth 401k route, you know, or the traditional or a blend. Um, when it comes to making the call between which one should I invest in the 401k traditional? Should I take advantage of this Roth? I actually get asked that question a lot. Um, a simple way to kind of think about that is think about when your taxes are likely to be at their lowest. If you think you'll be in a lower bracket today, a Roth might make more sense. If you think the odds are that you'll be in a lower bracket when you retire, then a traditional might be the right move. Right. And so obviously, again, this is a situation where working with a financial professional is going to help. Um, and it sounds like it's so funny. So much of what we talk about, all the financial and retirement strategies, it really comes down to taxes, especially with these vehicles we're talking about today. And let's not forget, taxes don't stop when you retire, do they? Hey, ain't that the truth? Yeah, death and taxes, the only uh, things certain in life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> well, another retirement tool available for some people, um, you might have heard of, is a 457. And that is um, if you work for the state or local government or agency, you might have access to this plan. And much like with your 401k, a 457 lets you utilize pre-tax money, and then the account is tax deferred until you begin taking your withdrawals, and then it's taxed as income. Um, and it's good to note that some 457s might also come with the Roth option um, that might work like the 401k option we just discussed. All right. Yeah. And this is really good to talk about. I mean, you know, most people out there probably have a 401k or something like it, like the 457 or uh, 403b. Uh, there are a number of different names for them, but these employer sponsored accounts. So 
Uh, thanks for going over that, uh, these retirement savings tools and so how some of these might fit into a broader financial strategy for our listeners out there. How would you like to get this last segment rolling, Greg? Well, I thought it'd be a good idea to spend the rest of the show going over some options for retirement savings if you own a small business or are otherwise self-employed. And the Forbes article has some really keen insights that I think would be very helpful to our listeners. And there certainly are a vast number of Americans who fall into this category. In fact, the article cites a 2019 Pew Research Center study that notes 16 million Americans identify as self-employed and another 29.4 million work for self-employed individuals. So all told, that's about 30% of the nation's entire workforce. Wow. Well, Greg, I hope you're going to tell us that even though there's about 45 million Americans out there on their own for retirement, they still have some good options. That's exactly what I'm going to tell you, Tony. The first good option for a small business owner who doesn't have other retirement savings options for their employees is what's called a savings incentive match plan for employees or also known as the simple IRA. So if you employ people through your small business, you can use this option to contribute to retirement accounts for your employees. You should be aware that your contributions must meet one of two requirements. Either match an employee's contribution up to 3% of their total compensation or contribute 2% of an employee's salary, even if they don't contribute themselves. And with a simple IRA, your employees are immediately vested, which means they have complete ownership of the money in their accounts. So in addition to being a good recruiting tool when it comes to hiring quality workers, your contributions are also tax deductible. Wow. Yeah. And that's, see, again, taxes play a big part in all of this. And offering a simple IRA does seem like it would go a long way to help people compete against the, you know, small businesses compete against the big boys to try to attract great talent. Uh, What's another good option? Well, another potentially winning option for small business owners is the simplified, uh, simplified employee pension known as the SEP. Um, business owners, uh, and my, like myself, I have a SEP. And there are some certain rules that you have to follow. Um, so those that do have SEP plans, you have to provide them to all your employees that earn at least 600 a year from the business who have also been employed for at least three out of the last five years and who are all at least 21 years old. So one of the things that makes SEP plans unique is that employees can't make contributions. Only the employer can. So the article explains that as of 2020, you can contribute a maximum of 25% of the employee's salary or capped at 57,000. So whichever is the lower of the two is is your limit. Now one wrinkle that you should be aware of is that if you're contributing to your own SEP, you have to provide that same percentage to all your employees' SEPs. But the contributions are also tax deductible. Right. And I bet you can guess what I'm about to say. Um, Does it begin with financial and end with professional? (laughs) Yeah, that's right, Greg. I was about to say, hey, you got to work with a financial professional, a a financial advisor who's a fiduciary who's going to be looking out for your best interest. I mean, there's no doubt that if you own a small business or you're self-employed, you have to. I mean, you have to work with a financial professional on this stuff. Yeah, I certainly don't have any doubts about the wisdom of someone who owns a business 
um, small or large, you know, getting together with a financial services professional on a regular basis to discuss their strategy. Um, speaking of strategy, a payroll deduction IRA is potentially a very good low-cost option if you're a small business owner. With this one, your employees establish IRAs with their own preferred financial institution, but then they authorize payroll deductions to fund their IRAs. As a small business owner, all you need to do is to deduct the employee's designated amount from the paycheck and deposit into their IRA. So the employee is the only one contributing to the account, so there aren't any filing requirements for the employer to do. So are there options for somebody who's self-employed and doesn't have any employees? Um, yeah, yes. If that's your situation, a solo 401k uh, might just be the ticket. So like with any other 401k, when you open a solo 401k, you first choose between a traditional or a Roth. From there, you make contributions as both the employer and the employee, which means that because you're self-employed, you can contribute more to this retirement account than any other. So as an employee, you can contribute that max that we mentioned, the 19500 per year this year, or if you're 50 or older, it's 26000 and then as the employer, you can also contribute up to 25% of your salary. So again, according to the article in 2020, total contribution as both the employer and the employee can't surpass 57,000 or 63,500 if you're over 50. Wow, okay. Uh, there's a lot to remember here and sort out, uh, but that's where you come in. A uh, great show, a lot of great information, but we're almost out of time. Is there anything else you want to add, Greg, before we go? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of options out there, you know, with your traditional, with your Roth, the employer-sponsored plans. If you're self-employed, um, the bottom line is you've got to pick the right type of vehicle that works for you, and it has to be based on an individual basis. Um, so if you liked it, what you've heard on today's show, if you'd like some more information, please feel free to give my office a call. Uh, 808-791-2924, or visit us online at therogroup.org. All right. Sounds great. And listeners, stay. Uh, did you want to add a phone number there? Oh, no, I did. I said the okay. number. Oh, okay, okay. I'll jump back in. Sorry, Mitch. Here we go. All right. Thanks, Greg. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Retirement Paradise with our host, Greg Gunther. I thought I cut you off there for a second. Thought you were going to say something else. All right.
Thank you for listening to Retirement Paradise. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Greg Gunther at the Retirement Optimization Group. Call 808-791-2924 or visit their website at therogroup.org. Greg Gunther and the Retirement Optimization Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.